really near and dear to my heart. Uh, really near and dear to my heart. Uh, he is um, wise. Uh, he looks. Uh, he looks. Uh, he looks maybe younger than me. I don't know if it's possible, but um, the, the thing. Um, the thing that's that's beautiful. You can turn to the side. If you want to. Uh, the thing that I think is really wonderful is that he's really generous with sharing his information. Now he is uh, world renowned as uh, uh, as a, uh, as a. He's done so many things. So I won't go to this whole level, but you know, he's great mind engineering. He's created uh, uh, many ways of growing organically food. Uh, uh, taking land that had been infertile and then creating compost from that uh, environment and making it fertile. Uh, he is a, a minister who happened to talk a little bit about his faith when he, when he comes on. Uh, he is a father, right? He is a father to many, uh, blood-wise as well as uh, otherwise, uh, well-respected and, uh, you know, well-loved. And um, he is uh, Dr. Prince Yadiel Ben Israel Christmas. Let me say that one more time, a little slower. Dr. Prince Yadiel Ben Israel Christmas, aka Mark's father. So he's my father, and I'm really excited to have him on today. Um, and I'm really proud of him. He's you know, known as a consultant, a lecturer, research and design in agro-eco spirit systems. And uh, he's going to talk to us a little bit around connecting the dots connecting the dots uh, between uh, the land, the food we eat, and, uh, you know, spirit, and, 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 and the universal spirit that I choose to call God and, and known by many names, those by many uh, faces and spaces. Uh, he'll talk a little bit about that. So I want to welcome him to, from all the way from Ghana, Africa, uh, I want to welcome him to, to welcome, him, welcome him to the Sacred Space Center, y'all. Welcome, Dad, Dr. Prince, y'all here on Big Israel. Christmas, how you doing? <laughs> We're gonna take you off view. There you go. You should be unmuted. Oh, yeah. Yep, yes. we hear you. All right. All right. It's a blessing to be a part of this sacred journey on this sacred day. Thank you. Uh, I don't know. Am I supposed to say something now or I'll wait for the questions? Okay. So, yeah, I will jump in. So, um, really, um, uh, those of you who have joined us before and those who are new, one of the things that's very important to us in Sacred Space Sunday is learning and growing. And we acknowledge that, that there are many faith traditions out there and that um, we can honor and respect our own faith tradition and still have... Um, a healthy, friendly curiosity about other faith traditions. And so um, if you could just kind of give us um, some, you know, insight to your context, to your faith tradition, to your personal belief systems, um, just that, you know, the guiding principles for your life. Okay, testing. Uh, yes. I'm online, yes? Everyone can hear? Okay, great. Uh, well, Kodem Koakabol, Yahua Kadosh, Abore, Eha Shemaim, Eha Arts, Eha Ko. First, giving all praises, that was in the Hebrew tongue, all praises to the creator of the heavens and earth and all that is within. And I would also like to give my love and blessings to my son, Mark, and to my daughter, Jewel, 
for allowing me the opportunity to be a part of this blessed, blessed, sacred journey today. So having said that, I will say praise y'all, hallelujah. Secondly, uh, I'm part of a community that resides in Israel, Northeast Africa. Uh, it is a part of the African Teutonic faith. So Israel is basically a part of Northeast Africa. I belong to a community of uh, Hebrew Israelites, African Hebrew Israelites. Uh, our nationality is Hebrews, we are not Jews. We are Hebrews by nationality, but we reside in the state of Israel. Our lifestyle is based on the, what is referred to as the Old Testament in, uh, in the Christian uh, belief system. And we are not a religious community. We are a spiritual community, meaning that the principles that we find in the Tanakh, which is the basically the Old Testament, are principles which can be applied spiritually, right, to benefit our life, uh, benefit the creation and the environment that we live in. Uh, because we live according to those principles that are established in the Old Testament, one of the basic tenets uh, is how do we eat, which is veganism. And I guess we'll get to that point shortly. Uh, but some of the things that um, you could say that are not religious, all right, uh, basic principles, for instance, when our sisters uh, deliver a baby, and if it's a boy child, the sister is allowed to rest for 40 days. 40 days she's on rest. Uh, that means that the community, the sisters in the community have to uh, take care of her for the, first, for the first 40 days, which allows her system to regenerate, allows her to bond with the baby, spiritually as well as physiologically. So that 40 day period is allowed for the mother to, to regenerate her body and, re and to bond with the baby is a, if it's a boy child. But if it's a girl child, right, she gets 80 days. Now all these are laid out in what is called the Old Testament. And the 80 days, you would ask, well, why is there such a difference between a male and female child? Because it takes more of a physiological dominion to create a female child than a male child. So the rest period is longer and allows the body to regenerate, it allows the mother to bond, and it gives her the rest that she needs. So those are not religious principles. Those are basic principles that guarantee the health of the mother and the health of the baby. So those are the things um, that we abide by in the Tanakh, which is referred to as the Old Testament. And we can go on and on and on, but I just wanna give you the idea that basically, right, we are a spiritually orientated community based on the Old Testament. Awesome. Thank you, thank you. That is a great, great setup. And so um, you you really take me into what I wanna do. I wanna read from the Tanakh. Maybe we get another time to explore it a little bit more because there are people who might have questions around because they have places. You aren't just in Israel. There's, there's, there's people that, that, that have this lifestyle and tradition all over the world, right? Right, uh, our community is, is actually tied into uh, several communities throughout the states, as well as the endemic lands. We say Africa is Eden. So when you hear me say Eden, I'm referring to Africa. Okay. Because Africa originally is an endemic paradise. It just has to be restored. But uh, there are many uh, communities throughout the uh, states, as well as the Caribbean, and as well as the endemic lands in Africa that follow the same spiritual 
That's the community that is located in Demona, Israel. Okay. Great. And so um, what we want to do is move into our topic today, which you mentioned. And I'm sorry. Driver controller. Right. <laughs> uh, which you mentioned. And so I want to read um, to everyone from the Tanakh. Um, because as you just talked about, you know, the principles that you like principles that you all use in terms of uh, taking care of the mother and ensuring her health, and that some of these principles can be found in the sacred text of the Tanakh. Um, I want to read to everyone from Genesis, Genesis, the Old Testament, the Tanakh, the Hebrew Bible, all of these are ways that the sacred text is referred to. And this is Genesis. And so those of you who um, come from Judeo-Christian um, backgrounds. I'm sure this is a chapter that you're familiar with. It's the origin story and the Judeo-Christian faith um, is in the chapter of Genesis where God creates all that exists. And so particularly I want to read to you from Genesis chapter 1 verses 28 through 29. Genesis chapter 1 uh, verses 28 29. God said, see, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is upon the face of all the earth and every tree with seed in it, its fruit. You shall have them for food. I'll read that again. And I'm sorry, that's Genesis uh, verse 29. God said, see, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is upon the face of all the earth and every tree with seed in it, its fruit. You shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the air and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw everything that he had made, and indeed, it was very good. So right there in Genesis, when God created the world, if you come from a Judeo-Christian background, a Judeo-Christian faith, it says when God created the world, it provided for all beings, animals and humans, and provided plants for food. So with that, I'd like to turn it over to Dr. Prince Yadiel Ben Israel Chrisma, who we call Christmas. Abba, Christmas, who we call Abba, um, to talk to us a little bit more Abba. about the connection between earth, spirit, and food. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. I just want to make sure uh, everyone can hear me. Yes. Yes. All right. Okay. Well, well um, it's good to uh, refer to that verse. First, I like to just give the, the, the Hebrew word for Genesis because language is very important. And sometimes when the translation from one language to another language, the understanding can be lost or misconstrued. Yes. Or there can be no understanding at all based on the word that is being used. So Genesis is the translation from three languages out of the Hebrew language. The, the, the word is actually breshik, all right? Uh, uh, the bait sound is, it gives a uh, B sound, breshik. And breshik means a beginning. It doesn't mean the beginning. 
uh, it means a beginning. And then the root of the word reshit is reshit. And reshit translated back into English means the central understanding, underlying principle of an idea or a concept. So from the Hebraic worldview, right, everything that was created has a functional design purpose for it. Nothing is created without a purpose, without a design that allows that purpose to function. So there is a, and we call that the eternal idea or the break sheet idea of all things. So the question would be asked of a person, what is the underlying principle of Genesis 1 and 29? Why was it stated that Yah said that Adamic beings, I'm using the word Adam because that's a, again, a Hebrew word for man, all right? Instead of saying human beings, we say Adamic beings, right? Why, what is the eternal idea that we are to extract from Genesis 1 and 29 that says basically that Adamic beings, human beings, all right? From the Hebraic worldview, that's the question that we raise. Why, what is the eternal idea behind why human beings or Adamic beings and all life forms, right, has a plant-based diet or the preferred diet is a plant-based diet. Because the second question, right, is that if you read a little further into the same Tanakh in the book of Leviticus, right, there you have Moses, right, giving another diet that says clean and unclean meat. So now it seems to be a contradiction there somewhere along the line, right? Yes. But if we understand the spiritual layout of how the Tanakh goes through a historical point of view, we see that there had to be eternal idea of why Moses, right, gave this particular diet to the children of Israel at that time. Now I'm taking this time because I'm gonna go back to, to the original idea because that question is very important because people always ask, well, Moses said you can eat meat and Moses said you can't eat the clean meats and the clean fish. He did say that, but there was an underlying principle why he said that. And the reason why he said that, historically, the children of Israel, right, were in bondage in the Egyptian culture, right, which was a meat-eating culture. So for 450 years, the Israelites, right, consumed a diet that was based on flesh. And they ate all manner of flesh, all right? So when they were brought out of Egypt, out of bondage, as the story says, if you want to take it literally or you want to take it as metaphorically, right, the same principle is going to come out. When they came out of Egyptian bondage, right, then Moses, right, understanding that the basic principle for life must be what? A nutritional diet, all right? We are what we eat. But he understood also the Breshit idea in Genesis 1 and 29. But he could not make a drastic change, right, of a people who had been unbondaged for 450 years, accustomed to an Egyptian diet, right, bringing them to the wilderness, and then telling them they got to eat plants, no, we had to create what we call a transition diet. A transition, <laughs> diet. A transition diet. And a transition diet said, 
Right, the transition diet, meaning that, okay, we're not, I'm going to allow you to eat this, right, but eat the clean meats. Don't eat the pork. Don't eat the scavengers. Don't eat the catfish, right? Eat all the clean meats because that's the first step toward the, toward the break sheet idea of Genesis 1 and 29. So there was no contradiction. Moses was not in contradiction to the plant-based diet. Moses was wise and understanding on how to create, to bring a people, not an individual, but a people, right, into a transitory diet toward better nutrition. So going back to the original plant-based understanding, right, we see, right, that physiologically, the Adamic species, the human species, right, anatomically, we are designed to consume plants. Now, you don't have to believe what I'm saying. I'm, you can go to Google it. <laughs> you can go to Dr. Milton Wills, right? You can go to any bi biological uh, Google site and you can see that physiologically, physiologically and anatomy, anatomically, we are designed to be herbivores. Now we can eat all manner of everything, but the correct nutritional fuel for this herbivore body are plants. Are plants. Now, can I continue or should I stop there for questions? Because that kind of goes into another scriptural reference. Well, I was going to say that so, thing. thank you. No, that's <laughs> awesome. I think, I don't know. I'm assuming that most people are sitting here like, okay, wow, like you just laid it on us and it was good and it was juicy and we are right here with you. But I do want to pause here because uh, we do want to hear more um, to see if anybody has just a burning question. But I do want to share some of the things that we see um, coming up in the chat. Um, definitely, there was resonation with the a beginning versus the beginning and recognition of the importance of language and how one word can change everything. Uh, we got a comment of, wow, I understand this now, right? that the contradiction is not a contradiction, um, it's a transition diet. So any other burning thoughts or questions yeah, before we hear say, more? Someone said, this is why we don't live to be 150 or 180, right? Um, in this day and age, how long do you recommend we take for the transition diet? So people are already ready to do the transition diet. So hopefully you're going to give us some details before you leave the call on what transition looks like and, and how they can move forward with it. Um, somebody on the call is an herbalist and a nutritional health co coach and is agreeing exactly with what you're saying. Someone else um, is talking about they've been off of meat for six years. Now we do have a quick, uh, a good question here for you. What do you mean when you say clean meats? Yes. What are clean meats? What Moses was referring to were the animals that were not scavengers. So when he went and he gave a description about what were the clean meats, he he described the anatomy of the animal, those that had hoofs and those that didn't have hoofs. So. I don't want to take much of the time of the sacred journey, right? But you can, again, you know, you, we got this Google University now. <laughs> so you can Google, right? Clean and unclean meats from the Bible. And it will give you the layout, right? Of the 
what you would call the modern names for the animals, right, that Moses was referring to then in terms of clean and unclean meats. But we know that on the top of the list, I'm going to say this adamantly, I don't want to step on anybody's toes, but just for the truth of the matter, at the top of the list is pork. All right. Pork I knew that was coming, right? Y'all didn't know that. You All knew right. he was going to say pork, didn't you? <laughs> okay, Abba, please continue. Please continue. Tell us more. We want to hear more. All right. So we're talking about Genesis 1 and 29, right? There's another scriptural, scriptural reference that ties directly to Genesis 1 and 29 that gives us a greater understanding, right? The the, the principle underlining understanding of why we have a why the nutritional profile for us is a plant-based diet. And that goes to Genesis 2 and 7. Now, Genesis 2 and 7 in English, and I think we are all familiar with this, and I think I will slow down in my speech because I'm kind of excited about this topic myself. But in Genesis 2 and 7, it says, God created man from the dust of the earth. Is that correct? Yes. But that is a mistranslation from the Hebrew language. As I stated before, the Hebrew to Latin to Greek to Old English to New English, the translation was misconstrued. So I'm going to say Genesis 2 and 7 in Hebrew. And then I'm going to give you the correct translation and tie it back to Genesis 1 and 29. So in Hebrew, it says, Yah, God, who eats here Adam, Afar, Min Ha Adama. The correct translation into English should have rendered, Yah, God, created man, Adam, from the minerals of the soil. Now, that's a totally different interpretation from the dust of the earth. But when we say, or when Yah says, or when it's stated that the creator created Adam, man, from the minerals of the soil, then we see scientifically, we can prove that our bodies are composed of minerals. No one can argue the point that we are composed of minerals that are found in the soil. We must have iron which is in the soil for blood. We must have calcium for the bones, which is in the soil. So all of the minerals that are found in the soil make up the Adamic body. Now, the word afar in Hebrew was mistranslated into dust. But the word afar gives an even broader understanding of the biological makeup of the Adamic body, referred to as the human body today. Afar translated means all of the constituents that make up the soil. Now, we have to go to a little Hebrew lesson here, so bear with me. In Hebrew, the word for man, all right, is Adam, or Adam, as it is said in English. The word for soil, okay, or earth is Adama, okay? And the word for blood, which flows through our veins, is Dam. Now, in indigenous language, it's in all languages, right? Similar words have the same root. They have the same root origin. So you have Adam, you have Adama, and you have Dam. They all have the same root. So 
what is the break sheet or the eternal idea that we're supposed to extract from Genesis 2 and 7? And it simply means that the biological substrate of the earth is the substrate of the dominant body and that we were born from the womb of the earth. What does that mean? Besides the minerals that make up the body, right? We also find in Adama, which is a soil, microorganisms. So that means that the soil has a microbiome and that microbiome is responsible, right? for creating the environment and the enzymes that are necessary for plants to grow that we must eat. So we see that there is a mirror image in the soil that is in our body, which means that the Adamic body also has a microbiome, that the microbial population in our gut is responsible for all of the B vitamins that we have to make, right? And many of the enzymes that are part of the whole physiological makeup of the Adamic body, right, are responsible found in the microbiome. So what we see is a mirror reflection of our bodies in the soil. Now, what's important is what we do to the soil, we do to ourselves. If we mistreat the soil from which the plants have to grow in, then automatically that means the plants that we are feeding from, from the soil, right, will feed on us. And that's called cancer. Mm. So tie in Genesis 2 and 7, right, back to a plant-based diet, we understand that if we are, we are the mirror reflection of the soil, right, then what is the intermediary between the minerals in the soil, the microbiome in the soil, and the atomic body? The intermediary are plants because we can't go to the soil and eat it directly. We can't eat the soil and get iron. We can't eat the soil and get calcium or phosphorus, all right, or any of the minerals known and unknown that are still in the soil. So y'all had to create, right, a intermediary, right, which was called a plant. And the plant's responsibility was to transmute, right, the mind minerals and vitamins and all of the biological substances that are found in the soil into a substance that we could bioassimilate into our bodies, right? That would continue to regenerate our cells, tissues, and organs. So that is the connection between Genesis 2 and 7 and Genesis 1 and 29. I'll stop there for questions. Yes. Well, let me again just take you to the chat and some of the sponsors we're seeing. Wow, never see, find a class like this. My hair is on my body is standing up. I think we're all just ingesting and digesting what you're saying, and, and it is resonating as fundamental truth. Any thoughts or comments? Um, I'd love to hear somebody come off mute um, who maybe this is first time hearing a conversation like this and your reaction to it. Anybody um, willing to come off mute and share your reaction? To what you've heard so far. Hi, it's Nikki. Hi, so Nikki. You, hi, you can't see me, but so what comes up is so I what comes up is when I talk to people about plant-based diets or even to myself, let me use me, sometimes I'm I know I feel a difference if I don't eat um 
if I'm not eating something, right? And so is that part of this transition? Because the pushback a lot of times, this all makes sense. It's a wow for me. But sometimes people, whether it's their own doctors, their own feeling of their body, um, sometimes pushes against what you even believe <laughs> to be true. So what would you say to people? Is that part of the transition? What would you say in response to that? You know, if you feel like your body needs red meat, you know? <laughs> well, the body, right, is a calibration. The body is calibrated. Calibrating means there's a fixed functional design, right, on how the body operates. So if, for instance, you have been eating a flesh-baked diet for 30 years, okay, your body now has calibrated itself to that particular type of consumption, right? A flesh-based consumption and all of the substances that go along with eating flesh, all right? So when now you decide that you just want to eat broccoli, right, and kale and all of the other plant nutrients, then your body has to make, has to recalibrate itself. And the recalibration, right, comes out as a symptom. And the symptom is like a craving. Oh, I miss the red meat. Oh, I miss the fish. Oh, I miss this. Oh, I miss that. So in the transition diet, or I would call it, I really want to call it a, a livid instead of a diet because we want to live it. We don't want to diet, right? In a transition livid, right? Yes. What, say that, what's that, we have to, that word, Dad? <laughs> yes. Live it, live it. L-I-V-E hyphen I-T. Instead of diet, like diet, live it, right? In the transition, right, from a flesh-based diet to a plant-based livid, right, your body will have a kickback. And it's just like any, uh, any addiction, right? There's, there's going to be withdrawal systems, symptoms. And, but you have to have the mental, right? There's where the spiritual comes in. And this is where the understanding, because it's really, if you understand the reason of why, of a plant-based living, why it's better for you, why it's healthier for you, why your body is an herbivore, right? Not an omnivore. If you have that basic science understanding of it, then that gives you the spiritual impetus, right, to overcome the craving because the craving is just like waves in the ocean, all right? The wave will come in, it will crest at a high peak, right? And you hold out and then wave will die, die back down and then the desire will float away. But if you don't ride that crest, right, you're going to open that refrigerator or you're going to go down to McDonald's and you're going to buy something or you're going to go somewhere and you're going to break your rhythm. So you have to ride the crest Right, you have to ride the crest spiritually, and that spiritual understanding is based on a real practical understanding of what my body really needs. Because if I'm really interested in living and being healthy, right, then I'm gonna fight that kickback. So I'm just trying to make it practical. All right, there's yeah. a little bit of willpower involved in this because the body is going to crave what it's been used to eating or what you have used to feeding it. Because the body can only consume what you put in your mouth. Mm. I hope that answers the question a bit. 
Awesome. Awesome. Ride the crest. Woo! So <laughs> any other any other questions, comments, thoughts? Just come uh, on yeah. mute. Go ahead, Shannon. Hi, uh, I'm excited. I'm sorry. I've been texting and I'm shaking and everything. I'm a chef for over 36 years. Uh, friends, uh, thank you for coming and spending your time with us. Uh, I stopped eating meat six years ago. So I've been cooking. I still eat fish and seafood. And I would tell people that, you know, we can survive from the land. Like, that's always been my thing. They look at me like I'm crazy. Even when I was younger, I was like, oh, if we just eat vegetables, we can make it. We can get there. So I find myself now uh, moving into the plant-based items that are produced here in this country. Now, I I, I stopped eating because I'm reading the label and I'm looking at the label and I'm seeing all these chemicals that I have no idea what it is, what it does for me. I want to go strictly vegan where I eat only from the land. But what do you think about the, the process plant-based stuff that they're selling to us like is that like the same thing or is it like just having some processed meat with all the preservatives and all the you know bad stuff that has in the sliced turkey and the hot dogs and stuff like that that's that's an excellent question i'm glad you, that the question came up because the, the process the so-called press process so-called plant-based processed foods that are coming out like the impossible burger and the fake meat and all of that Riley, is just is just as bad right for your health as eating pork i'm just going to be truthful right it's highly processed plant protein you have to take it to a highly processed uh feature in order to produce that particular item that they're selling on the market as fake meat or a meat substitute, right? But it's not the preferred lipid for the atomic body. Preferred plant-based lipid for the atomic body is our whole foods. Whole foods simply mean foods that come out of the ground that have not been processed, right? Preferably organically grown plant-based foods right that have no chemical pesticides fungicides or the whole branch called biocides that are residues in the soil or on your plants right preferably organically grown foods right that are out of the ground right that you buy fresh from the grocer right or whoever your supplier is and you bring back into your house and then you process them into your kitchen the only processing that is done on whole foods is how you prepare it in your kitchen, how you prepare it for your meal. But the fake foods, the impossible burgers, stay away from that. Those are not whole foods and they are not good for the atomic body. Thank you, thank you. So um, we have another question on the table, but before we get to that, I just wanna make an announcement. So this is a, a robust conversation, as you all know here, um, our program is from 10 to 11 officially, but we stay on yeah. after 11. And so we are not going to close this, this conversation because it is so rich. And we want to honor that if people have other things that they need to do, we know that some folks may need to drop at 11, but we want to continue this conversation and hear and learn more because it's so rich and so important 
and it comes in a, a critical juncture in our lives and times because the only day that we have is today. Now, one of the questions that we have here is, um, do you have a position or an opinion on cooked versus uncooked food? And is it uh, important to know in the context of where you are in your transition versus just starting out or maybe now you're three or three years down the line and you may be able to you know, do something more that you could do in the beginning. So cooked versus uncooked. Well, I, can I cook? Uh, I'm a, for 42 years, I'm vegan. They live in for the past 42 years. And our community in Demona, Northeast Africa, Demona, Israel, Northeast Africa, it's a total vegan community of 50 years. And when we say vegan, we don't talk about just vegan as a, uh, as a, uh, Living choice, dietary choice, right? But as a lifestyle. So I'm just going to give you sort of a glimpse and answering the question live food, raw food versus cooked food. And in our community, our vegan lifestyle runs sort of like this. Um, we have, during the course of the year, the whole community, we have four live weeks. That is four weeks out of the year, right? where no food is cooked at all. It's all live food. We call it live food. Some people say raw food, right? We call it, we prefer live food, live nutrition, where the food is not cooked, right? So all of the, the dishes that are prepared, right, are live dishes, all right? From all of the uh, plants that we can prepare these dishes from. And there's so much over the 50 years that we come up with for live dishes. Four weeks out of the year. Two days out of the week are live days also. Right, which means that your family can choose what two days out of the week, and those two days will be also dishes that are prepared, prepared totally live uh, plant dishes. All right. Then, in addition to that, right, our vegan lifestyle, we have salt days. All right, because we're talking about a living, and three days out of the week, no salt days. And the question: Well, why no salt? Because we want to reduce the consumption of salt in our living because we know the overconsumption of salt right, can, can create problems, and the underconsumption of salt can also create problems. We have the middle ground. So three days out of the week are no salt days. Then we have sugarless weeks, four weeks out the year, right, that no sugar is consumed during that week. But also we have days in the week where you have no sugar if you prefer. So we have no salt days, right? We have live days, we have live weeks, and then one day out of the week fast. We fast the seventh day. It's to regenerate the body, cells, tissues, and organs of the body. So you can see that in our living, right, we have a, a broad spectrum of where we place ourselves in, in the vegan lifestyle. We're not totally live, and we're not totally cooked. So we find that transition there, right between all cooked and all live and that when we're talking about moving the people of people right now their personal choices where i want to go all live okay but you also have to understand the science of going all live so that you don't short yourself on the necessary nutrients that you need to get when you go all live i'm not opposed to all live right i'm not opposed to all live but in making your transition, right, you have to be conscious that in that transition period from a all 
flesh-based diet. You don't want to jump into an all-live diet unless you have somebody that is guiding you through that transition that has experience, right, in an all-live transition forward. So our community, right, is that is that medium between live, cook, and there's some in the community that say, well, you know, they want to go all live, they do all, all live, but they have been transitioned through that. It's not like, well, tomorrow I'm going to go all live. I'm not going to eat pork today. I'm going to eat all plants tomorrow. But you're going to have a very, you're going to have a very strong kickback. The body's <laughs> going to kick you back. <laughs> say, what are you doing to me? <laughs> I don't want this. Hey, Dan, I got it a doesn't taste right. Questions. Simple questions for you. Um, yes. Uh, one, does that uh, variety of uh, the way that you talk, you describe the different fasting and different livers, uh, 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 does that help you ride the wave? Do you find that that helps you support you in riding the wave? Okay. Yes, yes. And I'll give, it gives you a balance. Can I, can I make an interjection here? Because I don't want this point to get away because like okay. you said, some of our brothers and sisters might have to close out at 11. I don't want them to miss these two salient points. One, that when you make a transition from a flesh-based diet to a plant-based lipid, right? There's a gene, there's a dormant gene in the Adamic physiology, in the Adamic body, right? A dormant gene. And, and you can go uh, Google it again. It's called the vegan gene, right? They labeled this gene scientifically the letter RH666986, okay? And they labeled it the vegan gene. Now, this is a gene that's been, that's laid dormant in the Adamic physiology for thousands of years. But they find, right, that when a person makes a transition to a plant-based lipid, a plant-based transition, that this gene that was dormant becomes activated. It becomes activated in your body. And this gene is responsible, right, for taking your omega-3s, your omega-3 fatty acids. I know you heard of omega-3-6, omega-3s, right? It, this gene is responsible for taking your omega-3s that are found in your nutritional profile, in your lipid, right, and transforming them to another form of omega-3, which is called DHA. And this omega-3 is responsible for heightened brain function. This is the omega, this is the omega fatty acid that's found predominantly in the brain, which means that on a meat diet, right, the gene that is responsible, because you can get omega-3s in your, in your, in your flesh, Right, but the omega 3s that are found in your flesh and your DHA that's found in the flesh are what are called secondary, right? Because they can only, an animal can only get it from the plants that it eats, right? Even if it's a carnivore, right? All carnivores, right, right, have to get their essential amino acids, right, from animals that eat plants. So the herbivore that is eaten by the carnivore, right? is actually giving the carnivore, right, the essential amino acids or the essential fatty acids that that animal needs from the herbivore. So it's, it, what I call is it, like secondary protein or secondary this. 
But getting back to the, the, the gene, when the gene is activated, right, then the omega-3s that are found in your vegan diet, which is say you don't get enough of, right, which again is a myth, right, the omega-3s are now, that this gene is now activated to allow the omega-3s to be transferred or transformed, right, into DHA, which is the fatty acid that's found in the brain. So you have heightened brain function, right? Well, physiologically, and there's another spiritual component that goes to heightened brain function, which is for another sacred Sunday. <laughs> then the other point I want to point, bring out is that when a person goes to a plant-based living, right, after three months or 90 days, 500 genes become activated in your body. Wow. 500 <laughs> genes that were dormant in wow. your body become activated. What are these 500 genes? These 500 genes are responsible for regulating the immune system to shut down, right, things that would cause disease or to activate things that would prevent disease. Wow. 500 genes become activated after three months on a plant-based nutritional profile. So the question remains, how many more genes in the endemic body are dormant? And how does this translate to healthy living and longer lifespans? So you can see biologically, right, the science of it, right? The science of it proves, right, that if we take on a nutritional profile that is plant-based, then the body, which is calibrated for that original nutritional profile, will kick in as it is designed in the genesis to kick in and you will have healthier and longer lifespan. Awesome. Those are the two salient points I wanted to pass in case somebody had to leave the sacred journey this, this afternoon or this morning. Thank you, thank you. And so with that, in case anyone does have to jump off, what is the one thing we talked about, you know, our formula, this insight plus application equals results. And this insight is mind-blowing insight. And so um, what is one thing, at least one thing, that our listeners and watchers and viewers could do today to get started on a transition living, should they choose? What's one thing that they could do or one place that they should go to get more information about uh, a transition living. <laughs> wow, that's a lot. That's a lot in one question. Okay, Kim, and if it's more than one, like if it's more than one, that's me, fine. It's fine if it's more than one. <laughs> <laughs> we call it. We call it three point. We call it three point in the, in the one question. All right. First, yeah. the first point up on arising, up on arising in the morning. The first thing you do is drink water. Not Coca-Cola, right? Not the energy drink, but plain water with a half of freshly squeezed lemon. Not lemon juice in the bottle, all right? A real lemon, right? Squeeze half of that real lemon juice into your glass of water, eight, eight ounce glass, 10 ounce glass, right? And that's the first thing you do upon arriving, on arising is to drink your water and that activates the system begin to flush it from the toxins right from your overnight stay right while you were sleeping because you know the body is cleansing while you're sleeping so when you drink the lemon juice which is 
alkaline when it goes into the bloodstream, right? Some people say citrate is acid, but it's acid externally, but it's alkaline when it enters the blood, the, the system itself. And so it's an alkalizing effect, which means it's a cleansing effect on the body, and it helps to flush out the toxins, cleans out your system initially, right? You'll go to the bathroom, you'll urinate, et cetera, right? That's the first thing you should do upon arising. And that should be your routine every morning. If you do it every morning and you're consistent with it, the body will become calibrated, right, to that lemon drink every morning, and you will see improvement even just drinking the lemon juice after a while. The second point to the one question, right? What could be the, this two points? Eat plenty of fruits and vegetables. We're not even talking about plant-based, you know, going vegan, right? Include more fruits and vegetables into your nutritional profile now, right? More fruits and vegetables meaning not just one banana, okay? It means if you're gonna eat bananas, right? Eat a fruit salad right? Bananas with apples, with dates, right? Make your meal a fruit meal. Not one apple a day keeps the doctor away, okay? But make a fruit salad as a meal, right? And that should be at least three days out the week. You should have a fruit meal three days out the week, preferably in the morning, right? Because that fruits that give you the energy. And then in the evening, add more vegetables, take off less meat, add on more vegetables, right? Because I'm not talking about potatoes or fry or French fries because vegans, they talk about, you know, you get the French fries and you get the ketchup. We ain't talk, we're not talking about that. We're talking about whole foods, all right? Broccoli, cauliflower, cabbage, kale, I mean, string beans. I mean, that's a plethora of vegetables that you can add on to your nutritional profile, right, to begin your trans. So as you move more and more into less and less meat and more and more vegetables, right, the body is, is slowly calibrating and you won't have that, that uh, withdrawal system so great. So start off with the water, lemon, lemon water in the morning, then the three days out the week, right, with your fruit meal, right, then, the, then you add more vegetables to your nutritional profile for your dinner meal. And then the course of the day, drink water, plain water, all right? Not, don't get off those beverages. I mean, you can get off the soda pops, you can get off the no sugar, all of that. If you can do that, right, then substitute that with fresh juices. But definitely, you have to have water because water is the key of life. So those are the things that I would suggest that you can take away with. I don't think you would have, have too much willpower to, to put that into your daily routine. But uh, so I would start there. Excellent. Excellent. You start Excellent. that like in the morning, like to now. Today. Right. Today. Every week be different. Anyone have any thoughts or comments? Just feedback, any impressions, um, please come off mute. And um, Abba, we're gonna also ask, you know, how can people keep in touch or follow you? Are you on social media? If people wanna find out more. So um, just before we leave the call today, please leave us with whatever resources that um, you feel comfortable with. But does anybody have any thoughts, comments? Please come off mute. 
Hello? Yeah. Hi, this is Donald Porter from Silver Spring, Maryland. And I'm, in real, I'm really enjoying this. Uh, what are your thoughts about soy? Soy-based soy foods. Um, I'm, I'm a cancer patient and I'm taking acupuncture. And my acupuncturist, she told me to stop eating soy even if I get Chinese food, don't put soy, soy, soy sauce on the food. She said, stay away from soy. However, when I talk to um, a nutritionist, they have the they have the total opposite viewpoint where soy is good for you. So I've always heard this this discussion about either soy is good or soy isn't good. So I'd like to hear your thoughts, and I'll go back on you. Thank you. Okay, again, I have to go back to our community because in our community we eat soya, all right, but we don't eat processed soya. Okay, in fact. Um, we, we make our own tofu, all right, from the soybean, organic soybeans, okay, that are not chemicalized, that haven't been, haven't been treated and haven't been grown, non-GMO, all right, and we don't process the soybean, all right, because a lot of the soy products that are here, like soy sauce, which is also processed, all right, a lot of the products that are on the market are processed soybean products which means it alters the nature of the soybean. It alters the, it alters the protein, the way that the protein forwards in the soybean is altered. So when you consume it, it has another effect on the body because the body has, has to figure out how to digest it, right? So the, the science of it is, is, is well, to, to, to answer your question, right? You being in a particular challenge that you are now, right? I don't know where you are at it, maybe, we could continue this. Uh, uh, I'll leave my email and my WhatsApp if you're on WhatsApp and we can go into a further detail, more personal detail. I wouldn't want to discuss your uh, current challenge right now, but there are pros and cons to it. There are days, there are times when you should, when you shouldn't, all right? But uh, overall, right, the big thing about soy in itself is the way it's been processed today, all right? It's a highly, the, the soy, the, the soy isolates, right? The extracts from the soy. But if we're talking about a whole food soya bean and the way that you prepare it in a natural preparation of it, right? It's totally opposite to the way it's being processed and marketed today. But uh, I will leave my email and my WhatsApp and then we can continue at another time. Hey, uh, Dan, on that, we had a question that came up on the fruits and vegetables, and this is all, if, if somebody can support you with putting your email in the, in the WhatsApp, but are there preferred fruits and vegetables or any fruits to avoid? <laughs> not vegetables, yeah, that, are there preferred fruits or any fruits to avoid? Not, not only vegetables, but fruits, just fruits, I'm sorry. Uh, there's no preferred fruits, you know, it's to your liking, but you should have a variety of fruits. It shouldn't be just, you know, every all your fruit salads are just mangoes. Every time you're eating a fruit salad, it's just mangoes. I say mangoes because that's my favorite fruit. But, you know, you got every fruit, every fruit has his profile, his nutritional profile. So you just don't want, we just don't want to get hung up on just eating mangoes all the time. All right. Because mango has a profile. Bananas has a profile, right? Apples have a profile. But we do want to get a variety of fruits into your nutritional consumption so that you can get all of what nature provides through the through the fruit kingdom. So I would say a variety. You can switch up. 
Hey, Mark, this is Aisha. I have a question for Alba. What's the, when, when transitioning into a vegan lifestyle, um, how does that affect per- people who, are, like for my, myself, I'm 35, but I'm getting ready to get back into working out. What would be like something that helps you? Because I know a lot of times I've been in the gym and it's a day that I decided that I was eating strictly vegan but I feel extremely weak, you know? So like, is there something other than, or to add to that helps you keep that energy up um, when you're, when you're working out actively or when you're active? Yes. Um, that's a, that's a great question. And I'm an athlete myself. Uh, I'll be, um, I would say, that along with the vegan lifestyle, right, there are supplements you should take, right, that are part of your daily routine, all right? Nutritional yeast, all right? Blackstrap molasses, that's molasses that hasn't been processed, still has uh, the, all of the nutrients in it, which are basically the B vitamins and of course the iron, right? You could put tamarind into your tamarind paste from the tamarind tree, tamarind, all right? That's, that should be part of your supplements. And then you have your kelp, all right? You have your kelp. We take fenugreek in, in our community, which is a fenugreek powder, right? Which is, again, full of iron and other nutrients. But what I can do so that we don't kind of spread out the time, email, WhatsApp, will be given to those. And then these questions can be presented. And then I can just give you a more detailed answer on how to uh, maintain, because we have, uh, our community is very active, all right, athletically wise, all right. In fact, one more salient point, three days out of the week, right, in our vegan lifestyle, we have what is called holy concern, which in the world is like exercise. And three days out of the week, you can choose what exercise program you want, whether it's jogging, walking, fast walking, uh, yoga. We have, a, uh, we have a health spa. We have uh, health trainers, right. And everybody is, is uh, recommended that three days out the week that you do that exercise. One day out the month, you get a massage to relieve the tension in your body. At least one day out of the month, you get a full body massage. You hear that, Mark? Yes. One day I, out the month. I'm typing over here, I said, woo. Massage. I said, woo. Hey, you hear that? One day, one, one day full a month. Full body massage, okay? Full body massage. One day, at least one day out the month, all right? But as far as athletes, you know, again, the vegan diet, you got your nuts, you have your grains, these are your high protein foods, all right? You have your nuts, your variety of nuts that are eaten live, not cooked, okay, not roasted. You have your variety of grains and the grains that we would recommend, right, are the alkaline grains like the millet, okay, the quinoa, right? Oatmeal is good, all right? Just don't eat it every day, all right? Buckwheat, which is an alkaline grain, and all these are grains that are high protein because they're grains, which are actually seeds, and your nuts are actually high protein because they're seeds, right? So those are your high protein foods. Then your fruits and vegetables are your cleansers and other antioxidants and vitamins and minerals. So if you have, basically, if you have a balanced diet and you add those supplements, the brewer's yeast, nutritional yeast, your molasses, your tamarind, your kelp, your fenugreek, right? Your tahina, or some people say tahina, right? Which is actually a sumsum, a sesame seed paste, right? All these things make up the livid, right? And it will give you all the nutritional nutrients that you need, especially if you're a very athletic, very high energy person. 
and drink plenty, plenty water. Drink your water. What's the email address, Dad, if people want to reach out to you? Okay, should I put it in the chat? Or you can tell me yeah. we can put it, it in the chat. chat. You can put it in the you chat. Prince, Prince of Agriculture at gmail.com, but I'll put it in the chat. Okay, great. Any other comments you want to come off mute? Hey, it's Nikki again. And this is shifting a little bit from the food uh, discussion and the nutrients, but this is a safe space, right? Absolutely, <laughs> always. So um, uh, Abba talked at the very beginning and made a point of saying Hebrew Israelite, not Jew. I don't know if there's a short way for those of us who aren't as familiar of the distinction because you didn't make a distinction, be, them being Jewish rather. Um, I, I don't want to, that's a very sensitive question, but I will try to be as neutral as possible because I don't want to step on anybody's religious beliefs and we do, we live in a, in a Jewish nation. Uh, Jewish, the Jew or Judaism is a religion. It's not a nationality. Okay. In Israel, you have over 102 different nationalities. All right. You have people that come from India. They're Indian, they're, they're Hindu or Indian Jews. You have people that come from Germany that are German Jews. You have people that come from France, they are French Jews, all right? So the nationality remains, right? What it is, Judaism is actually a religious belief system, right? And as Hebrew Israelites, right, our belief system is based on our nationality as Hebrew Israelites. We are recognized in Israel as Hebrew Israelites. Now we take on, right, the status of the passport as a citizen of the state of Israel, right, which means that you are a citizen of the state of Israel, but our nationality, right, are Hebrews. And if you go to any of the communities throughout the state of Israel, right, if you go to the Moroccan communities, they say they are Jews, but they say they're Moroccan Jews. If you go to the Russian communities, they say that they're Jews, but they say they're Russian Jews. Or if you go to the, the, the what we call the uh, Hodu community, or those are the people from India, right? They still retain in their homes, right? Their, their, their cultural um, beliefs or their cultural practices, all right? The way that they eat, the way that they dress, all right? So we as the Hebrew Israelite community, right? We live in a Jewish state, right? But the nationality that we are identified as are Hebrew Israelites Got in it. the state of Israel. Okay. okay. Thank you so, so much. Not, Thank you. We're not Jews. Jews. Okay. Yeah. No, that's helpful. Thank you, Sacred Space Sunday, because you know uh, I don't wouldn't always feel comfortable asking that question. And so again, as you talked about at the very beginning, having a space to be able to educate ourselves about lots of different aspects of our of our being of being with others is really important. So I appreciate that. And I appreciate Abba, the, the, your, um, your response. Thank you, Nikki. Thank you for the question. Well, there's a couple of questions that came up in the chat. Uh, one asked this, this uh, uh, that, uh, what about weight? Uh, and then another asked, uh, uh, what about the no seed fruit? This, this on a high level. Do you, uh, you talk about ways? Okay, no seed fruit. No seed fruit. 
Way is a way is a byproduct of a <laughs> way is way is a byproduct from the animal. Okay, it's not a plant-based product. It's a byproduct from uh, animals. Mm. Um, the way is W H E Y is what it is. I mean, without going to the biology of it, it is not plant-based. So if you're talking about transcends, transcends, trans making a transition from uh, from flesh to plants, right, then you have to take out the whey. And whey is found in a lot of products. So you have to start reading labels too. If you're talking about going to a, a total plant-based nutritional profile, you have to become a, a label reader. Okay. Because some of the things that they say are vegan or vegetarian have whey in it or have uh, lactase in it, all right? On the, on the question about what about the no seed fruit, no eat. No seed fruit is no eat fruit. <laughs> Do not eat no seed. <laughs> well, you know, eat it, so so you know, it's over there with a couple lizards and uh, no meat. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Anyone else um, want to come off of the call, off of the uh, mute to ask any questions as we move into the to final can phase? I, can I say this? Because I don't, I don't can I say this before? Yeah. Because yeah. Nikki hasn't gone off before the others. I don't want our brothers and sisters to think that we are isolated community in the state of Israel. All right, the state of Israel recognizes our community as a total vegan community. In fact, we are recognized as the miracle in the desert. We're referred to as the island of sanity. And we have busloads every week that come to our community. And I'm not I'm not hyping this up, busloads. When we say busloads, we tell buses, hold 50 to 60 people, three or four buses coming to our community on a weekly basis, and they want to know what is this burning bush. They want to know about our vegan lifestyle. They want to know about how we understand the Tanakh. You know, how do we interpret this? So we are very right a part of the outer community. We're not an isolated, right, Hebrew fanatic community. Right, we're a part of the total state of Israel. Our children are in the educational system, even though we have a community school, right? That we insert our curriculum into the state education curriculum, right? But we are not an isolated, right, community outside, inside the state of Israel. I just want to make that plain. We recognize ourselves as being Hebrew, African Hebrew Israelites within the state of Israel, and we are part of the whole outer community, we interact and we communicate with everyone because we also believe, right, that the road to world peace is open dialogue. Mm, mm, mm. I like it. Absolutely. So, so with that, um, I know uh, we're wrapping up, but I think it would be great to just know what you're doing on the planet because you started the discussion um, connecting us to the importance of the soil um, and, and, and our bodies and certainly us that are moving towards a more, uh, you know, natural uh, lifestyle that is consistent with our herbivore nature. Can you share a little bit about the work that you're doing in Ghana, the work that you have done around the world in supporting um, soils and creating, you know, a space for us to, to live? Absolutely. Well, I've been blessed. I, I mean, truly, truly blessed the last 45 years. Uh, my profession, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a profession-wise, I'm what is called a 
Agra Bio Consultant, okay, scientist, which means that I design organic farms, right? Consultancy for organic farms, um, training for organic farms and farmers, and uh, research and development in organic agriculture. And that the other flip side of that corn is also nutritional, right? And health related activities that tie into organic agriculture. Because in our uh, approach to agri agriculture, agriculture is a compound word is agri plus culture. So really, when you look at the root of the word, agri comes from a Latin root agir, which is translated into agrarian. So we're really talking about an agrarian culture. An agrarian culture is a land-based culture. A people that understand the agrarian culture, they understand Genesis 2 and 15. And Genesis 2 and 15 states that when Yah created, right, man, male and female, created he them and called their name Adam, he placed them eastward in Eden in the garden to till it and to keep it. But the translation into Hebrew simply meant that it was our responsibility as Adamic beings to be the stewards of the earth. That we had we had to have an ecological consciousness because it's the ecology that sustains our life and all life forms. So our major our first responsibility as Adamic beings was stewards of the earth. That meant that we knew how we knew intuitively how to protect the soil that grew our food, the water that we had to drink from, and the air that we had to breathe. So we were conservationists. We were we were. Um, Uh, ecologists all through, right, our commitment and our relationship to, to our environment. So when we talk about agriculture, we're talking about a whole approach, right, to restoring the earth and ourselves and our health, right, through our understanding of the laws, seasons, and cycles that govern our environment. And agriculture is part of that. So in Ghana, right, we are, we developed organic farms for farmers. We, we design farms, we help rural farmers, right? Uh, I've been, uh, been doing this for 45 years. I've been in, in, on the continent, eight different uh, African endemic nations. I've been blessed to be in the Caribbean islands, uh, working uh, also in, uh, in the States, and of course, uh, at home in Israel. So the whole thing is to connect ourselves back to our to our substrate, both spiritually and physically, which is the land. Thank you. Thank you. Rosalind, um, you had a question. Are you still on the line? Yes. Hi, this is Rosalind. I have a question. Um, uh, this is, has been totally awesome. Uh, my first time here. What I wanted to ask is um, if he has heard of the, I've been uh, recently introduced to the contempe fruit. Have, uh, it's from uh, West Africa and is used as a sweetener instead of the sugar, uh, processed sugar. What, what are your thoughts about that? Or have you heard of that? That's a fruit that grows here in Ghana, originally in Ghana. It's probably yeah. been uh, moved around in different parts of the world. It's called, it's referred to as the miracle berry. Right, it's a it's a miracle berry. It's a berry. It it's a tree like a tree-like bush. It grows here in Ghana, right? 
And yes, what it does is that anything that you put in your mouth is sour. If you put the miracle berry behind it, it turns all of your sour to sweetness. And what the miracle berry does scientifically, it blocks your sour receptors on the tongue. So anything that, that's connected to sour, right, the berry makes it taste sweet and it can last for several minutes or several hours. So what they have done is they've taken the miracle berry now and they begin to market products from it, like a miracle berry powder, miracle berry this, right? But yes, the miracle berry is indigenous to West Africa and it grows here. And I'm glad you asked that question because that's one of the trees that we want to plant on the project that we are developing now. Thank you, Rosalind. So, so when are you coming to West West Africa, Ghana, to see us? Ah, so I've I've been I've been to Ghana actually uh, about ten years ago, so I definitely have it on my um my in my plans to come back, and I need to connect with you as well. Absolutely, we're here. We'll be here waiting for you. <laughs> yes. Thank you and welcome, Rosalind, to Sacred Space Sunday. We hope you'll join us again. Uh, for those that are, you know, Sacred Space Sunday is uh, uh, one of the, brought to you by the NIA Center, which is an interfaith uh, center. Uh, we do also, you know, those that tithe, um, you know, you can make tithes and donations, and we'll put the link in as well uh, that supports our programs and things of this nature, uh, continuing to be a, a space in the universe uh, and in and, and the world to, to bring uh, folks together and, and enhance us spiritually uh, in, in our journeys. And and we just got a, a wonderful recommendation in the chat from Shannon that the Sacred Space Sunday think about organizing and planning a trip. Ooh. Uh, so <laughs> that I, I, I take that to heart, Shannon. And yeah. so that's something, you know, we'll we'll be in discussion and about. So it thank, is. Th like yes, that. and so it is. So thank you for putting yeah. that in the universe. I think that that is an awesome idea. Um, so that that gives our family something to talk about. Um, so yeah, we will we will we will look into that further, Shannon. Thank if you. you're still on, I know you you a travel extraordinaire planner. You know we'll welcome your, your supporting <laughs> your travel committee. You <laughs> <laughs> already put it on. I was talking. <laughs> Wonderful, awesome. wonderful. So um, it's 11.30, and so we want to go ahead and um, close this. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you. This has really been amazing. We have so much to think about. Thank you for sharing your email. Thank you for sharing your time, your love, your space. This has really been a blessing. I feel blessed. Uh, I can feel the, the, the co-created energy that is here, um, the inspiration that we have. And really, our takeaways are so doable. Um, you know, getting up in the morning and having a glass of water with at least um, the half squeezed, the fresh squeezed lemon, having a fruit salad as a meal at least three days a week and in the evening, um, putting more vegetables on the plate and less meat. These are things that we can start today, 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 um, and think about how we can move forward with a transition living. So thank you. Thank you for joining us, Abba. Um, Mark, if you'd like to close us with yeah, a prayer. Yeah, and uh, we've got some people that were, that were watching the watch party and had uh, comments and said that this was great. Uh, this was really great. And so, uh, you know, uh, uh, I, I loved, you know, it really moved me hearing the, some of the, the, uh, the other folks in the space uh, call you Abba, right? Uh, 
So thank you. Press the circuit credit rally for the offer. Thank you, Dan, for for the creation of life with this strong market. So therefore manifested to bring this. And I think it just really speaks to the connection, the spiritual connection, the oneness that exists and that every action creates other actions. And that's regardless of our intent. And, and the other thing is that because the actions are divinely uh, uh, guided, right, or divinely uh, true, that I think once those things are activated, those spiritual things are activated, uh, you talked about just like the physical correction uh, can take place, the, the spiritual adjustments and can make place as well. So so in this moment right now, we know that the truth is that uh, we, are, we are divine uh, beings in human form. Uh, the truth is that uh, even though we exist in, in, in individual physical forms, that we all are all connected uh, as one. You know, the, the truth is that uh, we are love and we are joy. And we all are grateful in this moment. We, we, we ask that, Lord, as, as we go out into our week, uh, as we go out into our week, into our spaces and places, uh, that uh, there's comfort.